my God, I love that show. Oh 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 my god, I love that show. Oh, good afternoon or evening or whenever you're listening to this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Lachlan, this is Kieran. I'm Kieran, this is Lachlan. We are the Flaming Cocklands. On Oh My God, I Love That Show. This is the Oh My God, I Love That Show. Show. Episode 2, and this week we're covering a very personal favourite. It's Rent. We're doing Rent. Rent. We're doing all of Rent. The whole thing, the, the whole, whole shebang. seven and a half hour spectacle that is rent. That's or right. Less, depending on uh, whose who's version you watch. Exactly. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened to episode one, the general way this works is that we get given a list of suggestions for musicals to cover. Then we watch them or we recall them from memory. Because and then... we have seen a lot of them. And then we talk about the musical. That's In right. Detail. And uh, being among the world's uh, most renowned musical theatre experts, that's uh, right. absolutely everything we say has um, 100% accuracy. Accuracy, that's the one, yeah. And mm. resonance within uh, all demographics. Exactly. Everything is true. So, so this week we're talking about Rent, Rent. Nintendo, that's um, right. 64. That's right. It's a beautiful, beautiful show. It is magnificent. We actually, the Flaming Cochlands, Lachlan and I, uh, had the absolute pleasure and privilege of seeing this show together yeah in 2016 uh on its opening or preview night at um at whopper the west over australian at, academy of performing arts over at the big wops um which is uh it's where we went to school the big wops w-h-o-p-p-e-r for the hungry jacks fanatics that's right that's um, a nice 50 bucks in the pocket for that one w-o-p-p-a for people who can't use acronyms and that's 50 dollars gone yeah. So, what? Uh, so, um, what do we see? Yeah, we saw the second year music theatre performers. Now they'll be the graduating class of twenty seventeen. Yeah, they performed Rent. Rent. But they didn't perform the original Rent. They no. performed the more popularised adaptation. Well, of course, of the original work. Um, because they're not actors. I mean, it's well, a little, little or well-known fact. You're gonna upset a few people with that. Um, no, 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 no. Because hear me out on this. The right. original version of Rent uh, was actually written by Christopher Marlowe. That's right. Um, in 1567. That's right. Before he died. That's of, right. Um, mysterious circumstances. In a bar fight. And uh, it was actually written um, for an, obviously contemporary in the time. Um, all actors were male, but That's it was right. a play written with only female, exclusively characters. female characters. So the whole groundbreaking it was like the vagina monologues of the Elizabethan theatre. Absolutely, um, but like Kieran said, because of the laws at the time, women weren't allowed to be on stage. So all these roles were performed by men, by men pretending or teenage to be boys, women. teenage basically. boys pretending to be uh, women. Um, and uh, and of course, obviously, the songs were added later um, as yeah. part of the adaptation um, process. Much like uh, how Greece was adapted from uh, well, from the, the the country that was. That's right. It uh, was, it's an adaptation of Oedipus. Uh, well, Oedipus essentially, on, yeah, Oedipus yeah. on the island. That's Greece, though. Yeah, um, but we're talking about rent. Rent. So that's, let's not get distracted. Um, now, rent was, of course, the music was added at a later date uh-huh. by. Elton John. Elton John. Elton John was a phenomenal composer, very big fan of Marlowe. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to do our best to explain Marlowe's plot and occasionally refer to Elton's song. Elton's songs and the show that we witnessed. The show that we witnessed. Last year. Which was pretty close together. in terms of 
in terms of fidelity to the source material. Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you've got one of the greatest uh, training academies in the country, um, and they're going to produce uh, groundbreaking groundbreaking work. work. Even it's if a beautiful it's, thing. Even if the, the source material is over 400 years old. That's right. And even if it's not exactly Shakespeare, but no. uh, <laughs> it's pretty no. close. All right, so should we get into it? Should we crack in? Um, yeah, I suppose right, so. Uh, so I guess the first and foremost thing to mention was that they cross-cast the whole show. They did. They actually cross-cast the whole show. A lot of men and women were on the stage. Yeah. They gender-swapped a lot of roles as well. They there did. Were a lot of roles for men in this show, and I, I don't know if I approve of that in um, Rent. I mean, I, I guess uh, I would have liked to have seen more of... Females in larger roles than uh, Greek Messenger. Yeah. Yes, um, definitely. Greek Messenger was wasted. Yeah. That girl was wasted on Greek Messenger. No, absolutely. And with the with the pipes that she had, uh, we should talk through from like chronologically. Yeah, we'll go through. Okay, so on a tangent again. <laughs> in our experience of the show, we sit in the theatre. It's preset. Yeah. So there's already stuff going on on stage. Mm. And what we're seeing... the stage is circular. The stage is a complete circle. Yes. It's theatre in the round in every sense of the phrase. It's almost spherical. It's an almost perfect copy of the roundhouse theatre that existed as part of the Rose Theatre. Yeah. When it was first um, rebuilt. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. So, we're in there and all we can see Mm. is a giant pile of books giant pile of books giant pile of books the stage is surrounded the edge of the stage has candles placed at equal distances from each other Mm. in a perfect circle so all that we're getting is a pile of books lit by candles yeah it's a very haunting image to walk into a theater at you've got your little sippy cup of wine you're chatting to your best mate kieran and you've got this weird Almost religious iconography yeah. of books. I immediately thought of book burning. Um, well, and well, it was just the, sort of the significance that it had for me. I don't know what. Yeah, it's no, I, to you. I can see where you get that from. Yeah. I can see where you're picking that up um, because the flames were so close to the books. Well, yeah, it was dangerous. And I don't know if you've ever seen um, Marlowe's other piece, Trampoline. Ah, oh, Trampoline. Um, yeah, that's the one he wrote as uh, French propaganda, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's about uh, a guy called Trampoline who... No, Tambourine. Who, tambourine um, the Great. Tangerine the Great. Tan- no, it's definitely... Tambourine. Turpentine? Anyway, the guy, is a, yeah. he's a warlord and he's also... He's got a you cart. With a broadsword? And he's walking around between wars trying to sell things off of his car. That's right. While simultaneously taking over nations and, and his losing children. And children are dying. And, um, oh, there's that prostitute who follows him around as well. Yeah. Red she, boots. He, she sort of becomes like a, another child of his. Because that had know. music in it as well, didn't it? Well, yeah. That one, yeah. That was gorgeous. I mean, it was named after a musical instrument. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, trampoline's not a musical instrument. No, uh, but I think a trampoline's named after a trombone and just stretch a oh, Pauline right. over yeah, that's it and right. a trampoline. Oh, the amount of times I've stretched Pauline over a trampoline. <laughs> anyway, that's a different <laughs> podcast for another day. <laughs> oh, the tromboner. So... Suddenly, trombona. Music jokes. Anyway, 
Someone closes the doors. I'm assuming it was an usher, That's but maybe right. a stagehand. Mm. And the force of the doors causes a gust of wind that extinguishes almost every candle. And we're in darkness. We're in almost complete darkness. Mm. And then there's a, a light, a singular exposed bulb hanging from the ceiling, which up until now you hadn't seen, mm. illuminates, and it's a power-saving bulb. So the light isn't yellow. It's it's, it's like it's weirdly like pale. It's white. a cool, bluey white. Yeah. And so it's sort of like the moon. Yeah, a little bit. I think it was meant to represent the moon over this pile of books. And this beautiful Gregorian <laughs> chant seems to come out yeah. from the wings. Mm. copyright oh right but um it was about hemming it was about hemming because Latin. all of the books you can see thanks to the light were actually about tailoring and millinery yeah and dressmaking but it's funny the gregorian chant and then the juxtaposition of that and the thing you know the, the hand that explodes oh. out from the center of the books yeah because it's obviously been buried there yeah because it's not a giant novelty hand it's a regular person's hand oh it's just a hand it goes out almost to the elbow to the elbow sticking out and it's been uh, it looked in the light it looks deathly white oh and the, the chanting goosebumps the chanting like reaches a climactic moment the hand pops out and it stops <laughs> and all we get is the hand the moving. hand and it forms into a little shadow puppet dog. Yeah. And it starts to look around at us. As if it's like, hey, I've been here the whole time. I know what you're up to. Mm. And I'm not going to stand for it. You thought I was a dog. Well, you were wrong. And this is the introduction to the first character we get. Mm. Because the books start falling away. And that's when we meet Rex. Mm. Now, Rex was originally written as a woman... Uh, so in the original text, her name's Regina, but in yeah. this one, it's Rex. Rex, because they're cross-casting. translates to king. And uh, Rex is not your average boy, as we're about to discover. No. Well, first of all... Uh, he's a middle-aged man. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like, he's like the Hamlet yeah. of Marlowe in that... Yeah, he's Marlowe's he's Hamlet. inexplicably old for someone who couldn't just have uh, inherited the crown upon his father's death. Yeah. Um, he's been maybe he's been away at millinery school potentially anyway uh, again so Rex is a middle aged man in a Whopper production um, who's who's climbed out with his shadow little dog hand dog hand out of this pile of books and um, he begins tapping the rhythm uh, with his with his feet he begins tapping a rhythm and then you hear the instruments start to join in the background. Oh, and there's a banjo first, which is really haunting, because I instantly started getting um, mm. deliverance vibes. Yeah. And I thought, right. oh, maybe Rex is here to deliver us mm. as a sort of Christ-like figure. Yeah. Um, but that's just where my brain goes, because of my rich upbringing in uh, different Christian churches. Yeah. My family jumped churches a lot. Mm. Um, I, I found no significance in the banjos, but that's, I mean... I imagine that would have been haunting for you. Yeah, well, it was also the first time you'd ever heard a banjo. Well, yeah. 
I yeah. actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Otherwise, it was just um, well, for me, it wasn't even. It was. It was basically just horse hairs tied really tight over shoeboxes. Yeah. Um, it was so the it was, closest thing. It was I a new experience for you. Yeah. But um, but Rex is lying there, surrounded by books, mm. completely starkers, and middle aged. And middle aged. And he has. He's not. He's not even got really a dad bod. It's um. It's pretty much ninety percent flat. Yeah. And I think it was a fat suit on the actor, because uh, that's not normally allowed at Whopper. No. Middle aged and flatty. But I feel like it was a uh, very unusual for that particular course. But groundbreaking nonetheless, because mm. I could not take my eyes off of the Highly actor playing Rex. Yeah. And uh, he just did a tremendous job, and he launches into this beautiful speech about the birds. Do you remember the birds? Yeah, but he's keeping it to the to the, yeah. the pace. It's almost like patter. Uh, birds, birds, birds. And he's just listing types of birds. Kieran, how did it go? Yeah, well, he's an ornithologist. Is, yeah. it, is that what we later find out? Yeah, we discover he's an ornithologist. He's an ornithologist. But, uh, but he's listing birds, and and I remember because you you used to you used to yeah, know that. Yeah, so. uh, robin, swallow, ibis, heron. Uh, dodo, uh, emu, ostrich, penguin. That's right. And on the penguin, <laughs> yeah, that's when Sally emerges from the wings. Yeah, and yeah. Sally is at least ten years old. Definitely, yeah. At least ten. Ten years old, and she's come out from the wings. She's come out from the wings, and she's holding a letter, and the letter is addressed to Rex. Mm. And, and so, so she's she- the first of the um, group. Uh, messages. That's actually, right. Sort of One of the Greek messages. Now, obviously, as we said, these Greek messages roles are kind of offensively wasted on these women because, yeah. like, the women are capable of so so much more. Because in she play. performs the letter in song. She does. He in doesn't. He refuses to get up. Song dance. Asks her. The, oh, letter song one. Read, read, read this letter. For I shall not rise. Um, I hope it's good. I want a surprise. That's right. And so she. Because the entire play is rhyming. This ten-year-old girl, yeah, <laughs> sings this letter from two Rex. Of this letter from the high priest of the town. Mm. Rex, you will be emperor. Rex, you will be holy. Mm. It was really kind of haunting because it's unaccompanied. And I don't really do it justice in this explanation. But no, I don't think many people could apart from that. But Rex has gotten this divine mandate from God to be king. Yeah. Through Sally, the Greek messenger. Mm. And so this is when the story really picks up because now... I should hope so. We, we move, uh, you know, there's a sort of like a montage that they put in at this section where by Rex begins to walk around this pile of books in a clockwise direction and his servants come out going anti-clockwise yeah. in front of the stage. And as the they pass dialectic. each other, he they, they, they dress him and they groom him, but only whenever they cross paths. Now, does, do they get taller or is, did, he, did he get shorter? Because I can't remember, but I remember by the end of it, he was quite large mm. and, she, and they were quite tiny. Yeah. I think well. I think what they used was um, a, a, a false floor. Oh right. Yeah, and so the actors on the ground level walking around Rex 
the servants were, were descending into the earth. Oh, and Rex stated just like in his other word, feste position. Yes, yeah, Marlowe's Fausti, Fausti thing. Fausti, um, yeah, descending into the earth, famously hell. Yeah, and um, where does and, and so oh, and so these servants have dressed him, and he begins addressing the people. Yeah. That, He's uh, dressed and addressing the people. And Sally's gone, and we meet his mother. Uh, we meet his mother. Who hasn't been cross-cast, just like... Yeah, Sally's no, Ma- his, the mother is actually a female character played by a female, which is really refreshing in this show. Yeah. Um, and her name is Tina. Tina. Because Tina is Rex's mother. Mm. And uh, so she decides to, you know, stand by her son. Well, he tells her that he's he's been given this prophecy that he will be emperor, yeah. and um, and she launches into this Elton John style ballad. It's really kind mm. of him putting his little signature in the corner of this piece, and it's just this beautiful moment where mm. Tina shows up with this grand piano, yeah, and there's a bunch of candles and a bunch of wind machines, mm. and everyone kind of steps back, and there's just a single solo light. And a red rose on top of the piano. Yeah. It's just, my son, she's gonna be an emperor today. The priest has told him in a letter from a Greek messenger that it's gonna be holy. My son, the holy man. My son. It's a beautiful piece. It's haunting. And the love one here interjects and says, but mother... I do not think my life could go this way. You see, I planned it out yesterday. Once upon a time, I was just a young man digging up turnips from the sand, and now I'm meant to be what you think of me. I'm meant to be emperor. My son will be emperor. Emperor. I will be emperor. Emperor. The Lord has deemed him to be set for the emperation. And it's this beautiful argument that they have in song. Yeah, where Rex is just saying that he doesn't really believe in himself. Yeah, it's not that he doesn't want to, he just doesn't think he can. Yeah, he doesn't think he can. And that's a totally different thing. Yeah, it is. Because it's it's something that affects all of us, you know? Disbelief in yourself. I mean, I don't think any person ever walks into a situation with 100%... Well, maybe people do, but some I people think do. it's something that touches us in our lives certainly not from time guy. to time where you go, well, maybe, maybe this is beyond me. Yeah. And, and it's not until you actually go and you push yourself through it that you go, oh, yeah. hold up, no, that, I'm capable. Nothing great's ever achieved in your comfort zone. No, I guess not. No. Not unless you're Julius Caesar or something. That's right. Everything's well, just comfortable yeah, well, then the best. Then his comfort zone in the Senate became his discomfort zone with nine knives in his back. Oh, more. Yeah, probably more. Probably more. I'd say he was stabbed more than nine times. Oh. But there's only so many knives you can fit in a human back, you know. I think they only were allowed to have nine. Well, knives yeah, and they were only short as time. well. So, yeah. yeah, people actually had to donate their knives. Mm. It was like the whole John Howard buy back the guns thing, but oh, the Romans. Yeah, well, knives. that's it. It was a buy back the knives thing. Mm. They found that by taking away the knives, there was a dramatic decrease in knife-based crime. That's right. And then, uh, obviously, Can't after the stabbing, they gave all the knives back. Yeah. And and now where's the Roman emperor, or empire? Yeah, exactly. See? But that's neither here nor there. That's because right. Because 
at this so stage... Rex is feeling very insecure. Yeah. Sally's told him he's going to be king. He doesn't think he can. And Tina's and just... Tina just, believes in him. She believes Tina's in him. Tina's putting a lot of eggs in that Rex will be king basket. Yeah. Uh, and and um, she turns around and tells him that. She basically she literally says, says that. If you do not follow your divine path to be king, mm. I have no son. And on that, she leaves, and we hit interval. Yeah. Not a lot happens in a Marlowe play. No, they're very, like... They're very talky, very philosophical. But the music is beautiful. The music is beautiful. He's underscored the entire piece Mm. with this banjo and these Gregorian chants and the occasional just triangle solo. Yeah. (laughs) The stage is never silent. I did love the triangle triangle solo. You almost forget that it's there. Well, yeah, but you also, like, you know... You could do that if you wanted. I could do that. You could. I mean, if I did, we wouldn't be allowed to use the instruments again. That's right. But but it'd be a great one shot. It'd be a square. Yeah. I wonder why they don't have squares. I think it's something to do with the the acoustic power of a triangle. Right. I mean, I'm sure it's hooked up to the Illuminati sort of... Oh, probably, yeah. ...iconography and the masony... Anyway, during the interval, uh, I had a nice glass of uh, honey wine or mead. Yeah. Um... And I had a nice, nice little Chateau de Boulapé, which mm. was a nice little, nice little sparkling red. Which was served by uh, Val Rhodes, both yeah. of which are, uh, are you know, uh, ancient names, Valerie yeah. and uh, Rhodes. And Rhodes, because all roads lead to Rome, mm. which was perfect for this Greek play. Yeah. Uh, so um, we come back in to come back in. the into the play, and uh, in classical style, all of the action has taken place, and there is now the whole stage. The books are gone, and... Uh, the piano's gone. There's a seashell, one of those little blue sandpit seashells yeah. you get for kids, but it's full to the brim with crimson liquid. Crimson liquid. Now, we don't know what it is. It smells a bit coppery. Mm. I th- first thought it was just jelly. I thought... yeah. Just purely financially. Will you be forgiven for thinking that, because there was a spoon... A little wooden spoon stuck just to the side. Not in it, because if it had been in it, it would have sunk or floated, yeah. depending on the density of the wood, I That's suppose. That's right. But just beside it. Just, beside. just beside it, sitting next to the, the water line. And, uh, and on nearly... comes uh, Rex in full chain mail. Chain mail. Drenched in more of this red liquid. Red liquid. And we, we, we instantly discover that this red liquid is the blood of his enemies. Mm-hmm. But... And they've symbolically his... put it in a seashell. His enemies are not the military kind of enemies you'd expect from a man in a suit of armour. No. Because this has become a play wherein, in order to become king, Rex is going to have to do away with all of the politics standing between him and the throne. So basically he's just... Started he's just massacred the Senate. The Senate, yeah. He's massacred the Senate, he's massacred the proletariat. And we've seen none of this, and we only find out how that it's happened almost in... Entirely an exposition when the second Greek messenger, Greek comes, messenger comes on Nicola. with another letter. Nicola, Nicola comes in with another Nicola. letter, but this one is addressed to a king from a neighbouring country. Addressed to a addressed to a king king from, from a neighbouring country. It's addressed to a king of a neighbouring company asking oh, for help. Yes, because Rex has gone loco. Mm. He is not in his right mind, and so this letter basically says, "Look." We need your help. We need you to come and take care of this fella. And in return for that, we'll give you our kingdom. Yeah. Just don't let anyone else die. Because at this stage, what it seems like is that Rex is going to become king by eliminating anyone else who could possibly become king. 
But that's, yeah. That's everybody. He's just wiping them out. He's basically walking down the street with his broadsword. He's kind of... Slicing people in half. Taking the idea that he couldn't do it, and then the idea that he could do it, kind of too far. Yeah, and now it's in a place where he shouldn't do it. Where he really shouldn't do that, yeah. And Tina comes out to try and reason with him. And she starts... All of her dialogue is in song. All of her dialogue is in song. And she says, Rex, I know you mean to be king and follow my instructions, but you greatly misinterpreted what I wanted you to do. Rex, you're leading the wrong path. Rex, you're bleeding the town dry. Rex, you can't be king if there's no one for you to rule. Which is really a metaphor, and I think the message of the show, is you can't be king if there's no one for you to rule. No, you can't be king if there's no one for you to rule. You can't be a chief if you don't have any Indians, you know? No, you, you, can't, you can't build a fire without any kindling. You can't be a chef without any broth. You, you can't... Yeah. Yeah. So Tina's really working hard at this, and, she, and you can see it. Rex thinking it over, and there's this beautiful moment of silence, and then all of a sudden he turns and slices Tina in half. Yeah, he, he slices her, and then he impales the blade into the upper part of her body, which sticks it to the to the back of the stage while her legs fall off. And then he, he empties out her legs, puts his own legs in her legs, like he's wearing her like a pair of pants... And, and this is his mother running around the stage, running around the stage wearing human... wearing his mother's legs as trousers. Human, and I don't know how they did it. Well, it was prosthetics. Prosthetic. No, I should hope she so. was actually a uh, Tina was a puppet um, from the beginning. From the no no from the second act. Oh she right, was a, okay. she was puppeteered. Oh, because she had the veils on. By the, I didn't know the musical theatre um, performer who was playing a the voice and the puppet. Oh wow. Um, from the ceiling, uh, from the roof. Oh, so she was a marionette. A marionette. Uh, oh. So that's how they did that. That's fantastic. Um, it's just genius work coming out of Whopper at the moment. And now he's losing his mind. He's losing his mind. He's wearing his mother's legs like a pair of trousers. Mother, you well, can't no, be dead unless you take my crown. Mother, I had to kill you, put you in the ground. And then a fanfare. My dear old mommy, you can't stop me. No one's gonna get in my way, you see, as I'm gonna be the number one king in town. Fanfare comes in halfway through this number. And announces the arrival of neighbouring king. Mm. Except, it's Stephen King, the writer. Marlowe is a huge Stephen King fan. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Stephen King's Stephen there. He's a phenomenal writer. And he says, you, look at me. Get ready to face your darkest fears, Rexy boy. Mm. And Rex says, I'm not afraid of you. You're weirdly anachronistic and have a ponytail. And Stephen King says, oh, you're not afraid of me? Well. And then he snaps his fingers and Sally, the Greek messenger from the start, wheels on a little desk with a typewriter on it. Oh my goodness, now, Stephen King's greatest. This is place of power. What we saw next, I cannot justify with words. Like, I cannot uh, justly explain what we saw. Just this nightmarish montage of every monster Stephen King can think of. There's yeah. the clown, there's the car, there's the Rottweiler, the, there's the man in black. The same banana, the gunslinger, there's 
the the clowns at the uh, at the, the Joyland. There's there's too much. There's everything. There's, there's the ghosts. There's, there's the weird nurse. They're already who keeps dead, you sick so she don't leave. There's there's zombies. There's a lamp. There's everything that. Could there's a man who sells go. things that are cursed. Yeah, he drives a, a a chariot ridden by a driven by a dead horse. That is also a car, depending on your perspective. Yeah, it's just this amazing montage. We don't know if it's true. We don't know if it's a literal piece. We don't know if Rex is just going further insane. Mm. But he ends up taking his broadsword and plunging it into his own belly button. Yeah, very God of War 3 style. And then he slides it to the left. And then he slides it to the right. And then he slides it all the way around to the back. It's very Harakiri style, very um, Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. And as he falls to the floor, Stephen King disappears. I was never there to begin with. I was only in your head. Cause a man should never lose track of where he's been. You see a chief without any engines is like a PlayStation without a cord. You're just the thing without the thing that makes you really what you are. And what you ought to be is the one who served the people. But you killed your mother, wore her legs. You killed your friends and now there's dead. You gotta swim in the bloodbath. You can't redeem yourself Cause you're a king without a country A man without a castle You're a guy without himself You're a king without a steam And then these beautiful Gregorian chants take over Mm. And this sea of Greek messenger girls come out Each of them holding a Stephen King book. Yeah. And they place them over the corpse of Rex until finally we're left with a pile of books and the stage is surrounded by candles. Yeah. And it ends... Where it began. Yeah, it's a perfect circle. It's the Ouroboros. And I feel like it was trying to teach us a lot of things. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I feel like we both learnt a lot of things. Is it the simplest piece? No. no. It's a complex no. piece. Not, no. a lot, not a lot happens. No. It's not quite as spectacular as, say, Kinky Boots was. It was Marlowe writing it was Marlow, Greek tragedy. Yeah, writing Greek tragedy. Not really understanding Greek tragedy, but writing it nonetheless. Yeah, we had a hero who had hubris and who... His tragic flaw was that he got a little bit blood-hungry. Insatiable blood hungry Yeah Yeah Um, And yeah sure People showed up out of nowhere Like Stephen King Probably didn't need to be there That might have been An artistic choice That Elton John added Mm, His music was great Yeah And Muller was a fan of King's But I'm not sure I I haven't been able to access The original text Because Oh because it's still in French it's still in... Well, yeah, well, I mean... I mean, I, I know you can speak I, French, but you haven't found the text. No, I haven't found it, because I can't... I don't understand you how to use a bibliotech. translate Latin into French, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, the bibliotech, well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well... 
It's Trey Sheik. Trey Sheik. C'est de sous une voix. Ooh la la. I think I just said it's under you. Ooh la la, Monsieur. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't say that. And ladies and gentlemen, that is our that is our explanation of rent. Of rent, and we just like to commend the Whopper. Performers for doing, uh, such, performers a great for job doing such a fantastic job, and a big thank you to everyone at WAPPA, uh, uh, the West Australian Academy of Performing People. Oh, Academy, uh, Academy WAPPA of Psychiatric Ailments. Yeah, um, for putting on a spectacular show and for getting us uh, comp tickets. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, and uh, look, if you please have support a show the official that, release. Yeah, if you have a show that you'd like us to uh, look at, tell you about next week, mm. uh, shoot us an email at theflamingks at gmail dot com, all that's one right. word, uh, or like us on Facebook and send us a message there. Um, and yeah, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure this week. Yeah, it has been um, the rent. Yeah, rent. <laughs> Gotta pay that rent. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, I love that show. How many minutes do you reckon that took? Uh, 6,214 minutes? Yeah, that, that sounds about right, buddy. <laughs>